Welcome tribe to Confessions of a Texas Card Dude. I'm your Texas card dude, Brad Bethune. Our goal is to help you enjoy the hobby you love more, whatever that looks like to you. Once a week, we're going to take a short dive into some topics. That could be tips, tricks, successes, failures, opinions, sports happenings, oh, and of course, some hobby talk will be had, all with a dash of life spread around. Thank you for joining the tribe. Now let's dive into this week's topics. Hey Tribe, thanks for listening. Uh, there was some kindness reached out to me this week on Hobby Hotline, Hobby Hot Tub, uh, on the Twitterverse. Wanted to reciprocate the kind words. I really appreciated David over at uh, ACL Cardboard Company, Jeff at uh, Up Too Late Music, of course, Herman at 3B Collection, The Mike Summer, Big Ship, John Newman, Rich Klein, and then Bo over at One Million Cubs. I really do appreciate it. Does my heart good. Really, really lets me know that I'm doing the right things in the hobby. And honestly, guys, I'm just trying to be me, just trying to bring everybody in, just really trying to uh, to share my thoughts, my experiences, and just really make this a a great hobby for everybody so i appreciate the thank yous and uh, uh really look forward to talking with everybody when i decided to finally start buying selling trading really coming up with a hobby that i really wanted to get the full experience and enjoy the first thing i did is i sat down with kim and chloe and we had a conversation. I knew that this was going to take up a majority of my spare time. I also knew that uh, being a divorced dad, my time with Chloe is extremely important to me. So I wanted to get her buy-in that it was okay that we took some time to away from our relationship. She's getting a little older. She, you know, she understood. What we did is we set up a code word. So if I did get a little self-absorbed into the hobby, if I spent too much time doing it, if one of them felt neglected or if they looked and saw that I was just very, very tired and wasn't taking care of myself, they could easily call a meeting or call the code word. And I promised to stop for a couple of days or so just to kind of re-energize or spend time with the family. Um, we also decided that, uh, as a family, that I would pay Chloe to count and sort uh, the cards that I had. Uh, if I had done it by myself, it probably would have, would have spent about three weeks, maybe, just doing it every single night. Um, I would have been just absolutely exhausted. Um, my daughter loves doing stuff like that. So it took her half of a weekend to count 2,500 cards. I, she, she was a machine. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was awesome because it saved me a ton of time. And she earned some money to put towards her car account for her buying her car. 
plus it was nice to get to spend time together going over cards and looking at cards and her asking about, you know, what's the set. It was, a, it was just more time spent together. Um, then I went and built a spreadsheet and that took about three weeks, uh, three to four hours a night, uh, two hours on Saturday, plus the hobby hotline. I tried really hard not to do anything on Sunday uh, and make that time church and family and, and just really a, a downtime. I needed to know what I had. So, you know, on the spreadsheet, uh, it has uh, sheets for stars like Pilonzo, like Guerrero, Luca, uh, Troy Eggman, Emmett Smith. And then it also has sheets for like 2020 inserts, 2020 uh, uncommons for other various sports, for other various sets. You don't have to do it this way. This is just the way my brain thinks. And then on the sheets, I've got different columns. Of course, the year, the player, a description, the card number, just to give a little bit more information. And then I have what I purchased every card for. Uh, a 3x multiplier. I don't know why I put a 3x multiplier in there, but I have a 3x multiplier. Uh, what the card books or sells for on eBay, because at the time I just knew about eBay platforms. So those two. Uh, what I sold the card for, and then profit and loss and profit and loss um, percentages. And let me stop down there and say why profit and loss. So I'm a sales guy. I need to know just by nature, it's been drubbed into me that there needs to be profitability. But with the profitability, it's not take those prof profits and pocket it. The profits go into um, more inventory. It goes into participating into breaks. It goes into buying cars for a personal collection. So I have shown my Pete Alonzo first Bowman Chrome card on Hobby Hotline multiple times. That card is free. That card, well, not free because it's got, it's got time, blood, sweat, tears, whatever you want to call it. But it was bought from proceeds of my very first month. That was my treat to myself uh, for having success. I was just absolutely just very, very proud of myself that I was able to do that. Um, as well, you know, there's there's fees in, that come into play. There's costs that come into play. Um, I choose to tithe. So I need to make sure that there's enough money in the sales to tithe 10% of the entire sale. So there's gotta be profit for me to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, first month I wasn't counting stamps, staples, supplies, yeah, that came later. But for the first, you know, month, that's what I did. It was, it was counting cards, it was inventory, it was, a lot of of just head down and about three about the third weekend my wife came in and she said that's enough you need to to relax 
And by that time, I probably had about 98, about 98 percent of the 2,500 cards counted, inventoried, sorted, organized, and I said, "Okay, that was it." So, but it, this whole process took about three weeks. Uh, it wasn't fun. Well, it was kind of fun because I got to touch and play with cards, and you know get to sort so it, that was nice and they get to look at the, look at the cards and look at book value and you know the typical hobby stuff that people do um but it was a grind it was a grind we i, I grind I, I grinded so we're done grinding and got to decide now what you're going to sell uh, for me i sold everything in the kitchen sink I, everything was for sale uh, the only thing that wasn't was my original 89 score Troy Aikman. I'll tell you a little bit more about that um, here in another minute. Um, but I wasn't married to anything, which basically means uh, if it went out the door on a sale, I was more than happy because that meant that I could buy other stuff. Uh, doc, uh, let's see, my document was almost complete. Uh, it was about the third week when I got started. Um, I started finding just stuff to sell, and that's what I meant by the kitchen sink. So I sold sports stuff. I sold starting lineups. I sold uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. 124 cars. I sold Dallas Cowboy mini helmets. Um, I sold Mike McFarland figures. I sold anything and everything I could to kind of gather some funds together. Uh, and then... There was all the cards, everything that I that was over $20 I put on uh, eBay to try to sell. And again, it was very, very focused on uh, gathering cash together to try to fund this. Um, great example is I had a Donruss rated rookie, uh, Luka Doncic, and You'd think, golly, you're from Dallas. Why would you do that? Well, it was, I wasn't married to the card. Uh, I'm not a great big, huge basketball fan. Uh, I stopped being a basketball fan in the 80s with the reunion rowdies and the Dallas Mavericks. So uh, to me, basketball in a, in a Luca card was just a card to have because everybody else had one. So I sold that. Um, sold a whole bunch of stuff. And that's when... Uh, I took, again, the great Mike Summers. I, I took his advice and hello, sport lots. Um, spent another three weeks, late nights, dropping everything that I could under $25 onto the site. Um, a lot of lessons learned. And that is that is two, two podcasts down. We're going to talk about sport lots. Um, there's a lot of good with sport lots, but there's also a lot of things that you're going to have to watch for. And I promise two weeks from now, two weeks next week, yeah, two weeks from now, I'm going to put out a podcast to kind of show, at least from my bad, my um, standpoint, the great things about sport, sport lots and things that you need to watch out for. I don't think sport lots is bad. I think it gets a very bad rap and it's 
kind of misused or used the wrong way, but used the right way, uh, it could be a very, very valuable tool in your arsenal. Um, what I learned was between fees, shipping fees, shipping supplies, uh, both on eBay and sport lots, let's just say I chalked my very first month up to lessons learned. Um, I will tell you, um, being in sales, image is everything. Presentation is everything. Communication is everything. You have to up up your, up your game. Um, I buy cards from sport lots every once in a while, stuff that I want to PC. But 90% of the time, it's to see how cards come uh, shipped to me so that I can see how various people are doing it. And my goal is to do it better. Uh, I want every card that goes out to be, I hate to say an experience, but I, I want it to look nice. I want it to, when you open it up, to have a personal thank you. When you see the envelope, yes, it's stamped with Texas Card Dude, but it's also handwritten. Um, the original stuff that I sold, uh, each box had a handwritten, hand-signed thank you card. Uh, each envelope, again, gets a thank you on each packing list. Um, I just believe in upping your game and sales presentation and you can win or lose a customer by either over communicating and letting them know what's going on and showing a good presentation of your self and of your card uh, that goes a long way that goes a long way that is next week's podcast we're going to talk about um presenting yourself and what I do from a customer service standpoint or from a shipping standpoint, that's going to be the first tips and tricks that I do to kind of share with you what I expect out of myself um, whenever something goes out the door for Texas Card Dude. Um, so that's next week. And then uh, the next thing the wife made me do, she didn't make me do, she didn't really make me do anything. The next thing that, that she challenged me with was goals. <laughs> and uh, the first the first thing out of my mouth was, I have to make goals. Um, tribe, I hate making goals. Tribe, it is one of the, the top five things I would rather do. I, there was an old saying, Earl Pitts, if you're from Texas in the DFW area, uh, and this is literally, this was on one of the local radio stations. It was Earl Pitts going, you know, it makes me sick. You know, it makes me so angry. I want to shave my head with a porcupine's quill. That's what it's like for setting goals for me. Um, I don't like doing it. But I can tell you that uh, Mike Sumner has a great podcast on goals, and he has a great blog on goals. Uh, his SMART attitude, and SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, 
achievable, relevant, and timely um, is actually pretty good. Uh, it makes it it makes it less painful. And I will go ahead and say uh, we will have a goal setting podcast um, coming up as well, just to share what I do to uh, help with my goals, my 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 month, two month three-month, and even four-month goal out. And now I've got uh, year-long goals. So, yes, goal setting. And then with that, you can decide what you want to collect. So you're selling everything. You're putting stuff on eBay. You're putting stuff on on sport lots. Uh, Next step, what do you want to – what do you want to collect? You know, are you a rookie card guy? Are you a, a, a player collector? Are you a team collector? Are you a, a prospector? Are you, a, uh, you know, do you like basketball and hockey? Do you like hockey and football? I mean, there's so many d- different things to collect, and they're just not even, you know, just the baseball cards. There's, there's pops. There's you know, the Madden sports figures, there's so much to, to collect. Are you going to just collect cards? Are you going to go after different stuff? So now would be a good time to start thinking and kind of narrowing that down. And you don't have to be narrowly focused. You can't say, you don't have to say, I just want to collect every single Pete Alonzo card in the world. I mean, that's ambitious and that's pretty awesome if you're going to do it. But, you know, I, Widen. I, I myself couldn't do that. So that's at that point. That's the next thing. So that's my, what I'm gonna is going to be my challenge to you, tribe, is to come up with what you're going to sell, what you're going to collect, and then what goals are you going to set for yourself. So that's my challenge. I would love for you to. Email me, Twitter, give me a Twitter message, tweet me, or, uh, you know, feel free to email me, uh, leave a comment, subscribe. Uh, I would love for you to let me know what your goals or what your your goals are or what you decide to ultimately collect because it is is a tribe, and I'd like to just like to know. been scouring the internet for news. I'd like to have a, a news segment at the end, or at least at some point. And there's so many people out there sharing news. There's so many people out there that's, that's giving so much information. Um, but I will continue to look for interesting artifacts and interesting tidbits and interesting little bits of information here at the end. I didn't find anything this week, so I will... I'll tell you a little story that uh, I was on Hobby Hotline with Val and, and the guys, and I told everybody that I worked at Texas Motor Speedway. I've got a pretty funny story. Um, when I worked there, uh, I was a ticket agent. Was there for two years. I worked in the in the ticketing booth, and in the ticketing booth, you had to be up there at. Um, I guess 3 a.m. before anybody woke up and you'd have to stay there until the race was three quarters done. 
and they would let you go. Well, one year I got really lucky, or one race I got really lucky and got to work the visitor in and out gate uh, underneath the tunnel to go into the infield. And it was my responsibility to watch all the golf, golf carts coming in and out of people and making sure that they had their golf cart registration licenses or whatever you want to call it on the front of the golf carts. So I'm standing there by myself, my supervisor's off away talking to the to the security guards and they're yucking it up and having fun. And this golf cart comes towards me and I stand between it and the entrance. You know, first you have to know I'm, I'm like five foot two. And at this point, I don't know, 125 pounds soaking wet, standing in front of a golf cart, trying to prevent it to go through the tunnel. Um, so that was an interesting sight in and of itself. And I wouldn't let the guy go through at all. Uh, he says, I have to get through. And I'm like, no, you're not getting through. You don't have a, an ID tag. You don't have any type of pass whatsoever. You're not getting through. This exchange happened four or five different times. And I, I really, I wasn't going to let him th through. And my supervisor runs over to me and says, dude, get away. Let him through. So I'm like, whatever. So I stepped away. And as I stepped away, I turned to look to see who was in the back seat of the golf cart. And it was Joe Gibbs. <laughs> So I wouldn't let Joe Gibbs in his golf cart. So as coach goes by, I go, I'm, I'm sorry, coach. I was just trying to do, and just coach has got his arms folded with this great big, huge scowl and disappointing scowl on his face. And I, I feel, you know, I'm all five foot two. I felt like four, two at that time. And then the, the supervisor's just laughing his head off. And I, I can't believe that I didn't know that Joe, I just, I can't believe I wouldn't let him in. And he's going, dude, that wasn't the funny part. The funny part was Michael Waltrip was in, was sitting right beside the driver and you wouldn't let Michael Waltrip in. And talk about feeling a little bit smaller, not letting Joe Gibbs and Michael Waltrip in to the race. So there's my funny anecdote. There's my, there's my funny story. Uh, I'll continue to look at the, uh, look at the news to try to find you a good news segment. Um, but, you know, the, uh, feel free to like, subscribe. I'm going to share in the notes where to find me. Reach out to me. Tribe, let me know what your successes are, what your challenges are, uh, what my challenge to you was. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody's goals and what they decide to collect. But uh, thank you for listening and uh, talk to you next week. Wait, stop, hold the music, wait, wait. Couple of congratulations. Uh, John Newman, Sports Card Nation, congratulations on your 4,000 followers on Twitter. It's a big, big step. Thank you. And then the Mike Summer with his own brick and mortar. Man, if you get a chance, congratulate him. That's a big step in the hobby, Mike. I, I, wish you and your family nothing but success and uh wow congratulations now cue the music